0: Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it!
1: This is Losing Money with Andrew Bascom, a podcast where we gamble on everything and anything. On this episode, we are talking about the UFC 285 with our MMA expert, The Gambler. I'm your host, Andrew Bascom. Let's do this!
0: He's the one that will help you bet, then
1: for the game you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Welcome to another episode of Losing Money with Andrew Baskum, the 162nd episode to be exact. We have so much to discuss. A very big UFC card. Finally, a big pay-per-view. John Jones is back in our life. He's fighting the big Frenchman, Cyril Gone. Oh my God, we are going to talk about that and the many, 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 many ways to lose money on that card. I can't believe how many bets I'm going to talk to you about. And we have our MMA expert, The Gambler, on to talk about that. I am really excited to see what he thinks about this main event. And finally, John Jones coming back, too. God, that is going to be exciting. But before we lose money on this episode, let's recap the ways that we lost money last week. Now, we centered around a UFC fight night. Uh, the big main event, Ryan Spawn. didn't actually end up happening. Krylov got sick uh, during the card, which is a unique experience that they, you're finally out halfway through, they're like, yeah, the main event's not happening. And you're like, oh, okay. OK, and all the money got returned and you're like, OK, that sucks. I know they're fighting in a couple weeks. That's really good. You know, I, I was really excited for that fight and uh, I'm excited for the UFC 285 card. So we don't have to wait very long to, to bet on the UFC all over again. But that was five bets that uh, didn't count from last week. So that's pretty good. The other bets we made were on Jake Paul and we lost. So I can almost single handedly promise you we're never doing that again. <laughs> no, I don't know. Whatever. You know, it was minus 175. He lost uh, on points and he definitely thoroughly lost. And it's the first time he ever faced a trained boxer, which is also, I you know, I don't know, a loose expression to say to Tommy Fury like, oh, a trained boxer. It's not like he like stepped in the ring and you're like, you know, oh, it's Manny Pacquiao over there. It's it's I I I think this uh, this experiment has maybe come to an end. I wonder what fight would be interesting for Jake Paul because he has to win for this to stay interesting. And this is the first boxer, quote unquote, like I just said, and it didn't look that good. I don't know, it just didn't look that good. And so we're starting to now realize. It's a little bit of the emperor's new clothes. And we're like, oh, OK, maybe he's not a boxer. Maybe he's just really good against people that aren't boxers, which still very impressive. But, you know, maybe not interesting and maybe not worth losing your money on. But then again, I bet like I bet on the Nathan's hot dog competition. So maybe don't listen to me. The other thing we talked about was NBA futures. And I just want to say, I know I'm like a week later from talking to you guys about this, but I already feel really good about our bets. We had the we had the Knicks over 43 and a half for the wins and then we had the Mavericks under 43 and a half. The Knicks are on fucking fire <laughs> and I feel really good about that bet. I'm waiting for them to start cashing me out on that soon. And Dallas Mavericks, they look terrible. So, wow, we, we hit it at the right time for that one. And it almost makes up for us even losing money on Jake Paul. Almost, almost. But like I said, there are many ways that we're going to lose money on this episode. Let's get to it with bet number one, UFC 285 with The Gambler. It's happening. It's finally happening. John Jones is making his UFC heavyweight debut, and he'll finally fight Cyril Ghosn at UFC 285. And we're going to bring out the heavyweight of our own, the Gambler, to talk about UFC 285. Gambler, how you doing?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing great. And uh, it's been a while since we've had, you know, kind of a a marquee matchup. I'm hesitant to call this a marquee matchup, but at least there's Mm. a a big name in the headline that people, I'm sure, can latch on to.
1: Yeah, you know what? Like, I do think that the, at the end of the day, no matter how you feel about Jon Jones, and you and I definitely feel something about Jon Jones, uh, this, this has to be a big fight. You got maybe, arguably, whatever you feel, one of the contenders for the best MMA fighter of all time, moving his way into heavyweight to see if he can extend his career in some capacity, and you're fighting who was, up until a second ago, uh, an undefeated fighter. So there is some cachet to this.
0: Yeah no on paper there's there's that storyline I don't disagree with anything you said I just I to yeah. me it's 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 I guess amusing and maybe ironic that just a few months ago the heavyweight picture yeah. looked like yeah that you were going to have a, a Jones Naganu matchup for for the heavyweight title yeah. and that you would have some type of you know steep a, you know kind of laying in the shadows mm-hmm, looking for the mm-hmm. the the rubber match you know you've got gone in the mix You know, you've always got guys like Tuvasa, Volkov, like the the heavyweight division looked like it made us, you know, somewhat of return to its golden era uh, of, of, you know, like the Kane and Dos Santos and Lesnar days. And somehow we ended up with John Jones, you know, who hasn't fought in three years, who hasn't fought at heavyweight three years and yep. who let's be honest didn't look good on his way out of 205 i mean people to this no, day argue no. that he lost to santos and reyes uh, in, in decisions and Reyes, yeah. versus a guy yeah. who is one and one in his last two and mm-hmm. you know is is a relatively under the radar right. oh, he's got some impressive wins so uh, to me the mystique he does. isn't what it was you know but i mean like you said there's there's a storyline there
1: Oh, for sure. You know, uh, so just so you know, Jones currently is at a minus 170 favorite with gone being a plus 140. Those odds have actually flipped. Weirdly enough, John Jones opened as the underdog. Those numbers have moved in the opposite way. And, and, you know, why wouldn't you three years off? You're like, you were saying in the two years before that, he wasn't even looking that good. And there's just kind of no way about talking about uh, Jones here between without saying, you know, out of the ring is mostly the issues that you, you cite. You know, there, there are steroids. Uh, accusations and being popped for them. There's domestic abuse. There's all this kind of stuff. So it, it is a little tough, but classic UFC thing. Let's not talk about those things. Let's not talk about those things at no, all. And no, you know no. th- There is a, f- no, no. Why would we do that? But there is also a weirdly f- large Francis Naganu shaped hole that will be sitting in the cage somewhere where you could be like, it's going to be hard not to think about that guy who definitely we don't want, don't want, but try to resign many, many times. So, uh, you know, I just, I, I think it's an interesting fight except for one big flaw. You know, I, how do you see this fight going? Well, I mean, I,
0: I, I'm, I'm a big believer in ring rust. I I absolutely believe ring rust is a real thing. I think Mm, the data that's out there more, you know, aligns more so with, with supporting that than, than disproving it. And I mean, you're talking about not only a guy who hasn't fought in three years, you're talking about a guy who's moving up to the widest weight class. I mean there's reports that John got up to 260, 270 during his training camp, that his team decided to get him down to 240, 250 for this fight because they didn't like the way he yeah. looked at 260, 270. So you look at variables like that in history typically, you know, it shows us that those kind of fluctuations in a fighter, time, weight, time away they don't typically yep. bode well and and I know I get it jones yep. is regarded as as the goat by some and, and for a period of time I think that yep. was true but i i have a a hard time you know thinking that we're going to see uh, the same john jones that we saw you know fight for example daniel cormier or dismantle yeah. yeah, to yeah. share et etc the, the other thing oh, yeah. that we need to consider is, aside from Jones's talent, well, his mm-hmm. his genetic gifts are what helped him be so dominant at light heavyweight. He doesn't have any of those advantages at heavyweight. The reach, gone. The size, gone. The strength, gone. I mean, it's, it's an equal playing field. In fact, he may be undersized in some cases. And let's, I mean, gone I is agree, not yeah. a
1: small heavyweight. So Gon's a monster. He's so big.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I have a tough time with Gon too, especially because, you know, he, he's been a bit of a variable and, and he, he, he definitely, you know, kind of under-delivered uh, against Naganu, which I think more so is just a testament of how good Naganu got at that point.
1: Which I think we'll get to because there, I, I see these as two very different things. So, like, if you believe one way or another, which I, we haven't talked about this, I don't know how you're going to be, I don't know who you're going to be taking, but I see it as two different things. John Jones took a very long time to become a heavyweight. Now, you could sit there and go, that's a good thing. He he put on the weight in a right way, wink, 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 and, and you know, slowly bulked up and, like, you know, instead of just, like, oh, I ate a shitload of cheeseburgers and lifted it, like, deadlifted and stuff like that. Okay, c- cool, but, you know, it seems like he did the right thing, hypothetically. That's what, that's a big belief with all the, let's say, demons that John Jones has. The second, but, you know, and, but the second thing that you're thinking is, I remember very clearly, and I think it was, and I think it was the Reyes fight and Greg Jackson, you could hear him on mic because all John Jones had talked about is goes, I got into weightlifting. I'm lifting heavy things. I love it. It's great. And he looked slow as shit. And Greg Jackson says, you could hear him on mic going like the weightlifting was a mistake. Like after the fight, like he's talking to the other coach walking off. And so you think, are you going to lose all the things that made you great because you legitimately put on maybe 40 pounds? Uh, of weight and 30 of them are muscle or something like
0: that. I, I have to take, I, I think it was uh, iron Mike Tyson who said it right. That okay. everybody has a plan until they get punched in the yeah. face. And I yeah. feel yeah. that it doesn't matter how well you condition your body with the weight gain. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. how well you, you train and like you said, doing all the right stuff, diet, yeah. you know, you put on the lean mass and you, and you, and you train with that mass. The moment that you're in in a fight and your body is drastically different than it's been for your entire career and somebody like Cyril Ghosn punches you in the face, there's no way to prepare for that. So for me, it's an insurmountable variable, whereas guys like Cyril Ghosn and most other guys at heavyweight, they have fought many times. Cyril Ghosn has 12 fights at heavyweight. He won 11 yep. of yep. those fights and he beat a lot yes. of tough guys in the UFC. John Jones has never fought in yep. heavyweight. He's trained at heavyweight. He's, I'm sure, yep. done a shitload of training, but he's never been in a heavyweight fight. You combine that with the three-year layoff. You combine that with how he looked on the way out. You combine that with like what we said. Let's. How about this? John Jones is 35 years old, right?
1: He's just older now. That was the other thing I was just going to say. He's just older now. Cyril Ghan is still young.
0: There's too many variables against John Jones. and. I I I I know way more about Cyril Gane. I don't see that John yeah. Jones will have most of the advantages that that made him great, aside from his talent at light heavyweight. And I am going to take the money line on Gone, where there is value. Wow. You're getting plus one forty in some cases, plus one fifty. So I'm going to yeah. take the money line. And another bet that I like in this one, which kind of goes against the grain of John Jones fights, but it favors Gane's. Record, which is fight to not go the distance. You can get that as a plus one ten, plus one twenty. So I I don't know that this will go five rounds, and so I like that bet as well.
1: Okay, see. Okay, you know what? You and I are on maybe different sides of this. I the only other thing I was going to bring up is yes. So the weight thing with John Jones that's one of the biggest things we're going to talk about. But the issue with Cyril Ghan is that he was winning his last fight, and then all of a sudden in round three, Francis Tenganu. Famous wrestler, famous, incredible wrestler. Everyone knows about Francis Ngannou's NCAA record as an incredible wrestler, decides to wrestle him to the ground and holds him there for three rounds as he ekes out a win. I should also clarify, I am being completely sarcastic if you're not a huge MMA fan. Francis Ngannou was famous for punching people in the face. He's not a good wrestler at all. He's never been known to wrestle. And now, so he lost, Sirogan lost to a not famous wrestler by getting out wrestled. And now in comes John Jones, maybe the greatest wrestler that this you know upper weight division has ever seen, so that is the thing that holds me back of going like, holy shit, what if John Jones just takes him down with ease? Which is not not completely out of the out of the ballpark here because that's the thing that John Jones has known been known to do since he was an early teenager. And Cyril Gahn doesn't seem to know how to stop because a guy that doesn't know how to wrestle just out wrestled him. That is the thing that is in the back of my head the whole time of going like, oh god, like this could be really bad. Yes, I totally believe Cyril Gahn is going to punch him in the jaw. And John Jones is probably even going to get knocked down. And then after that, he's going to be like, fuck this. And just like two leg, take him down at, at will, I guess, or something like that. Because the other thing too, gone still trains out of Paris. It's not like he moved to New Mexico or something like that, or went to top team and just worked out with wrestlers all the time and like this stuff. I'm not saying that the French don't know how to wrestle. But you know, kind of. No, you, exactly can it. you can say um, that. You can say that.
0: You can can go ahead and say that. That's, that's okay. That's can I? True.
1: Okay. Well, if the gambler yeah. gives me permission to say that, then I'm. I mean, it feels good. And I, unfortunately, you know, this is good because you and I get on the same side so often with these MMA fights. I'm going to go with Jones to win minus one fifty five via DraftKings. I like the over three and a half rounds via Betway, and I have a sprinkle on Jones to win by decision at plus one eighty
0: five. I I think that if you're on Jones, which I, I agree with yeah. everything you said that. Jones would have to be a moron to not take this fight to the ground, and absolutely, he should have the yeah, grappling yeah, advantage. Yeah. If you're on Jones, you you almost have to be on the decision. You have to be right, and yeah. and you could yeah. almost, like you said, you could yeah. sprinkle Jones by decision above your odds. For me, it, yeah. it's it's a toss up of like absolutely, Jones should be able to take this fight to the ground, but right. let's also talk about. Francis Naganu, you're right, is abysmal wrestling, but a, a freak <laughs> in terms of his athletic ability and a like freakish yes. strength. How will John yes. Jones's strength compare with Gone? And, and will his technical wrestling, which I question. agree is probably yeah. you know up there top three, top five, or at least it was, will that be enough yeah. to take a guy as big as Gone to the ground? I, I think that John yeah. you know, yeah. has that advantage. And I, I'm sure Gon. I mean, Gon's putting out reports that he doesn't even train between fights, all kinds of bullshit. So I
1: know. I, I think yeah, that's all the cupcake story though. Like that's all him. Yeah, just softening everyone. It out. will
0: absolutely come down to Gon's ability to stop the takedown. If Gon can use his his size yeah. And, yeah. and has done some basic level of training and can maybe not stop the takedowns, but make John Jones's life difficult and keep the fight on the feet part of the time, then then I think John Jones might be in for a rough night. If this is one of those ones where John Jones yeah. within mm. 30, 40 seconds takes it down, you're like, well, you better ca- wait for your bet to be paid out because you're going to you're gonna cash that in if that's how the fight goes. You'll, you'll know within the first few minutes.
1: Uh, you you really will. You really will. But I completely agree with you. I think mean, the only other thing that scares me is muscles uh, need oxygen. And he John Jones put on a lot more muscle. And I just wonder how that cardio is going to hit him. So It should be an interesting, especially if he wants to, uh, to wrestle, which does take a lot out of you. So we'll see about that. So there you go. You and I on different sides for the John Jones and Cyril fight. But there's two belts on the line at UFC 285. Valentina Shevchenko steps back into the ring uh, to defend her flyweight championship against sixth-ranked challenger Alexa Grasso. Uh, Shevchenko's a massive favorite at minus 700 for the 125-pound title. I... Do you have any angle on this? How how can we make money? I mean,
0: I I, I think this is a really boring one, betting wise. I, yeah. I think the UFC yeah. really missed the mark with this matchup. How they didn't do the uh, Taylor Santos rematch blows my mind. Right. I mean I, I, yeah. I, I think anybody with an objective uh eye on that fight, I don't think you know Santos like, you know, was was some huge robbery and, and 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 she won a landslide but i i definitely could have seen that fight go you know three rounds to two for santos i think a lot of people had yep. it for santos i think chivchenko was lucky to get out of that with a split decision win so for me you know not doing the rematch big disappointment uh, to me this is yeah. one of those ones where you've got you know the The number two pound for bound female fighter in the world, you know, fighting against an up and coming fighter whose strength is boxing. I I I honestly, I look at Chevchenko, She should have a cakewalk with this one. She should absolutely pick her apart on the feet. I think Grass is going to have a long night with Chevchenko's kicks, especially with with her being primarily a boxer. Knowing I I would expect for her to show improved grappling. I I think I'm sure she took that split decision win to heart. And, and she is mm-hmm. you know perceived mm-hmm. to be a genuine martial artist who's on this like George St. Pierre quest of just being super well rounded. So yeah, you know uh, Grasso does have some BJJ. she does have some submissions on her on her record. Yeah. I yeah. don't see her getting away with anything against Chevchenko. and honestly, I think it's just Chevchenko on the feet lighting her up most of the fight. Um, you're gonna get zero value on the Chevchenko money line. I mean, the odds are, are dreadful. The yeah. The only thing that caught my eye with I mean, and, and this is an even hard one to stomach, is you have to take Chevchenko inside the distance. You're getting that at minus odds. So she has to finish the yep. fight one way or another. Yeah. And you're only getting <laughs> minus one thirty, which is, I mean, for a finish, that's terrible. That caught my eye. Yeah. If you want to take it a step further, you can look at Chevchenko KO TKO because I think it's more likely that she'll finish her with strikes than via submission. Um, and so that one's giving you plus two forty. So if I had to make a pick on this one, I would probably lean on the Chevchenko inside the distance with a sprinkle yeah. on the TKO TKO 230.
1: Yeah, okay. Oh, that, that makes that makes a ton of sense. I, I completely agree with your analysis. That's kind of what I'm gonna say. Like Grasso holds a pretty tight guard. She's a lot like a lot of Mexican boxers do. She's going to insulate herself from a lot of attacks at the feet. And she's like got really crisp footwork and all that kind of stuff. In, in a pure boxing lens, this fight with Shevchenko is actually, you know, okay, pretty close. Here's the thing. There's no way Shevchenko takes her chance on the feet. Grasso has a 64% takedown defense. Like she is going to get taken down at will. It's going to be, it's going to be ridiculous. So that part, I totally think I, I could I guarantee you we're going to see a crucifix in this fight. I think Shevchenko is just going to move her way around there, like an old Matt Hughes fight or something like that. So I'm going to take a Shevchenko. I'm going to take inside the distance minus 130. I'm right there with you. And I like the under four and a half rounds at minus 140 as well. Uh, I just, yeah, those are the only ways we can even think about betting on this because minus 700 is not great odds. Uh, yeah. This is not like the Santos fight. Grasso is not the same fighter.
0: No, no. I mean, no. Santos had the the grappling and the size to to give Shevchenko mm-hmm. a really rough night. You know, Grasso's claim to fame is her, is her boxing and she's got some slick BGJ, yeah. but no, I, I think, I think Shevchenko outclasses are pretty much everywhere.
1: Nice. Nice. The worst word you, worst words you can use in, in combat sports, outclass, oof, devastating. Um, okay. So those are the two title fights. There's a lot of fights on this card. There's a lot of good fights. You know, we have, uh, we have Gamrot taking a, taking a short turn here. We have uh Shavkot Rachmanov, who I really like, but who, 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 is there any other fights that you want to be betting on here? Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I, you know, looking at the Bo Nicol versus Jamie Pickett fight, ah, yeah, what okay. what a perfect example of a, of a future, <laughs> yeah, fight in quotation marks, uh, of, <laughs> yeah, a, court, yeah. of a future company man in Bo Nicol taking on, you know, basically a can of tomatoes, right? I mean, poor Jamie Pickett, yeah, 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 basically, yeah. you know, Uncle Dana in the back room saying, listen, man, I really like this Nical kid. I need you to take this fall for me. We'll pay you some money that we won't disclose. I mean, for God's sakes, Jamie Pickett is two and four in his last six, <laughs> and he's been finished in three of those four losses.
1: Yeah, 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 it's, it's, it really is. Okay. I, I think about often that Ric Flair fought uh, a chair or a broom in, in a wrestling match. And I think it's going to be very similar to that, you know, like. It's just Pickett is a proverbial lamb to the slaughter. Yeah. Like literally, to be ready to be dismantled by Nikal, The sun will rise in the east; it'll set in the west, and Pickett will get outclassed as a grappler on Saturday. It's just it it is. And and by the way, I haven't even said Bo Nikal is a minus almost twelve hundred. Oh, favorite. it's like the even it's it's, he, it's oh, it's just disgusting. Yeah.
0: And it's it's you know they've teed it up first fight me of C right because people forget like yeah. Nikal's only fought on Dana White contender series. Uh, so
1: yeah, the contender series. Now. This
0: is his his you know coming out party, so to speak. And they've yeah. teed this up perfectly, right? And and a guy in in Pickett that gets finished often on the ground <laughs> and by submission versus <laughs> oh I don't know a very very high level wrestler in in uh yeah. It's just yeah, yeah, to yeah. me it was laughable. You're absolutely right. You're you're getting n- value I don't know that there's a bet out there for this fight if you had to make a bet the only one that caught yeah. my eye was Nical via submission and okay. for God's sakes you're getting minus 140 by submission <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. that's for me that's a lean that's not a pick but it's I, I wanted to just highlight this fight because it's one of those ones to me Dana White's not even trying to hide what's what's going on here
1: no no I I'm right there with you I have something very similar that's also stupid odds but Nikal to win in round one, uh, minus 195. Uh, <laughs> <Jeez>. that's that's <laughs> that explains how they think this fight is gonna go. He has two finishes on the contender series, two submissions that didn't last half a round. So, like, it's it's real. Like it's he's an incredible wrestler. He went to Penn State, he's a very highly tethered prospect. But yeah, this is this is absolute tomato can. Bonacal looking amazing, and then everyone going, oh, Bonacal. So just heads up, like, that's another one of those fights. And to be honest, I would throw out another one if this long odds parlay. If you took Nikal and you took Shevchenko and you took Rachmanov, you all to win, you get a minus one ninety eight. Like that's three of the fights on the main card are going to be together a minus one ninety eight. Like it's just some of these fights are really long odds, but you know it's fun to see showcases for very uh, excuse me for very talented fighters, but at the same time you wish it was maybe a little more competitive.
0: Um, you know, I just feel like someone sucked the life out of the heavyweight division when when Nagano left, and with Shevchenko yep. she's cleaned up the division. The only fight that makes sense for her is the rematch. So
1: to yeah. me, this is yeah. kind of
0: like a placeholder card, basically.
1: Honestly, you know, you really got to wonder. And and you know what? Maybe, who knows? Maybe the heavyweight division looks fresh again all of a sudden because, you know, new competitors and new matchups that we get to see. And maybe John Jones looks good. And then all of a sudden, a Stipe fight is interesting. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we haven't seen him fight that guy before. So that. That's something, but it'll, it'll, time will tell because UFC 285 is kind of full with a bunch of other guys. And so we'll have more bets later in the episode, a little bit, but gambler, I love that we're disagreeing on the main event. That is really exciting. One of us is going to be a winner and it'll probably be you and I'll be the loser. And uh, thank you very much for coming on this episode. If if nothing else, it's going to be exciting. Okay. Thanks so much for the gambler coming on. I still have more bets from UFC 285. I can't believe it. You look up and down this card and there's a lot of people that you recognize. Now, is that a good thing? No, that usually means that like Jim Miller is fighting or Donald Cerrone somehow f- is on this card or something like that. It's usually people you're like, well, I'm not excited, but I do recognize the name a little bit. This is a little bit opposite. There are some really exciting fighters. They're just in one-sided fights. So the next one I wanted to talk about is a long-awaited Walter Wade fight to take place at UFC 285. Uh, it's on the main card. It's Jeff Neal facing the absolutely terrifying up-and-comer Shavkat Rakhmanov. Just also an amazing game. He's also undefeated. He's 16-0 and 4-0 in the UFC. He's a heavy favorite right now at a minus 550. So if you don't stop Rakimov's takedowns or at least give him something to like think about, you die. You die. You're dead. Plain and simple. Once he gets your back, he'll bludgeon you with strikes or lock in a submission. He is so GD good. There's too much chalk on Rakimov though to bet him straight up. Like I don't don't hate the idea of tossing him in a parlay like I kind of talked about at the end with the gambler. But with that in mind, I'm going to be taking Rakimov to win inside the distance, as well as the under two and a half rounds. It's possible this fight goes the distance, sure. But with Rakimov's pushing style, I, I just, I won't bet against a stoppage early until we see an opponent meet his level of competition, which I just don't think we've seen. He is so good. This is maybe, maybe we should think of this card more as like the Arab uh, apparent card, like the next one up. Maybe everyone can look really good. And then you're like, hey, pff, excited to see these guys fight again. So we're going to be taking Rachmaninoff to win inside the distance at minus 130 from f- uh, that's via five dimes. We're going to take the under two and a half rounds at plus 155 via bet online. And we're going to have a little dart throw here. Rachmaninoff in round two plus 450 via unibet and round three plus 1000 via sports interaction. Whew. I did, that was a really good. Those are really good odds for a very good fighter. So I'm very excited about that. And then we got another one. We got an exciting lightweight clash um, as Matus Gamrot takes on Jalen Turner. So Turner was originally scheduled to fight Dan Hooker. That's still a really good fight, right? Dan Hooker's still a good fight. But the Aussie, he had to pull out with a broken hand, and he was replaced by Gamrot on short notice. Now, here's the amazing part. Gamrot's the favorite. It was incredibly short notice. I think this was about 10 days ago that we found out Gamrot was going to be taking the spot, and he immediately became a huge favorite. That's got to be just soul-crushing by Turner. That's got to be like, oh, good. Which, Which old fighter are they bringing out? What old hand are they bringing out that I can get a win on? And you're like, oh, really? You're bringing out the guy that's 21-2? Ah, fantastic. See, I just explained how Raknov wasn't a takedown spammer. Well, Gamrot, he's a takedown spammer. He is one of the most esteemed wrestlers at 155. He averages 4.66 takedowns per 15 minutes and securing three stoppage wins in six fights. And on paper, Gamrot should absolutely be able to take Turner down and hammer away with him for like 15 minutes. That said... I don't think this fight is an easy win for Gamrot, as is made out to be. We've made a lot of money on Gamrot. We do like him on this, uh, on this podcast, but he's minus 210 odds. Like that's an implied win rate of whatever, 67, 68%, something like that. That's too steep. He's been knocked down three times in his six UFC fights. And with Turner's like freaky long arms, I'd watch out for a few heavy shots. You know, I, I just, and also the short notice. I just, I, we got to pick an underdog too here. We just can't be leaning into all these heavy favorites. And I think Jalen Turner, with the preparation, I think could go a long way here. We can get Turner to win at plus 180 via unibet and under two and a half rounds, minus 140 via five dimes to maybe cover ourselves just in case it doesn't go Turner's way. Okay, those were the extra bets we wanted to make for UFC 285. Let's recap the many, 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 too many bets that we made. Okay, I can't do this all in one breath, but here we go. Let's recap. John Jones, minus 155 to win. Over three and a half rounds, minus 175. We're going to do a sprinkle on Jones by decision at plus 185. Shevchenko to win inside the distance, minus 135. Under four and a half rounds, minus 140. Then we have Raknov to win inside the distance, minus 130. And two and a half rounds, plus 155. We also have a little sprinkle on round two win, plus 450. And a round three win, plus 1,000. Even though only one of those can happen, and hopefully one of them does. Turner to win at plus 180 and under two and a half rounds, minus 140. And we also have Bo Nicol to win in round one, minus 195. Jesus Christ, I can't believe that number. And we have a Nikal, Shevchenko, and Rakhnov Farley at minus 198. The gambler, he's taken Zirogon at plus 140 in the fight not to go the distance at plus 120. We have Shevchenko inside the distance at minus 135. And he has a Bo Nicol submission at minus 140. Those numbers are so stupid. That's a lot of ways to lose money. Subscribe to Losing Money with Adrian Baskin, wherever every joy podcast to keep getting that sweet losing money goodness. And please give a subscribe and a like to at Losing Money on either Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, where we make free daily bets. We'll be back next Friday to lose money on March Madness. Oh, the madness is upon us. One of the best days of the year. Those first opening rounds. Oh my God, so many ways to lose money. We're going to be talking about it next week on the podcast. Have fun losing money on UFC 285. And we'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!